on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. It's right there in our mission statement. We're a transformation company. Yeah. And how do we transform people in their lives and careers? It's through one person, one conversation at a time. It's all about creating that ripple effect. And yeah. I'm not hallucinating that we're going to save every person and swoop in and rescue this entire industry. And yet every bit matters. If I can just move that needle in the opposite direction and be a part of the solution to give people a fighting chance, then I've left it better than I found it. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Jake Dixon on the King stage, my brother, Jake. How we doing? Doing well, man. First time caller, long time listener, and honored to be in the presence of royalty here. <laughs> hey, hey, I appreciate that, man. You know, it's it's funny, the first time caller that we, we need to have some callers. You know, that'd be kind of fun. Do a, do a live show. Time to upgrade the, the old GTK podcast to a live show. But in all seriousness, we're thankful that you're here. Thankful that uh, you got to experience the show before coming on to the show. This makes it even sweeter, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does, man. This is really cool. Looking forward to the conversation and pouring into the community here. Jake, tell us what kind of business that you got, brother. Yeah, so we run a real estate coaching and training company where we partner with broker owners to serve them as well as their agents and all things related to growth, retention, productivity, and profitability. I love it. It's like you've said that before. I've said it a time or two. <laughs> we were just talking off air. You know, you've, you've done some keynote speaking. Obviously, you have your own events. This is like not a little coaching business. This is like you're serving agents across the country at a mass scale. You know, like you've been doing this for a minute, like you're an expert. Yeah, yeah. We actually are approaching our seventh full year since we lost the locker room. And since then, we've we've served hundreds of real estate brokerages and brands, tens of thousands of real estate agents. And yet, you know, as well as I do, looking back at it all, it's like, dude, we're still figuring this whole thing out. So I don't pretend to have it all figured out by any means, but we did, you know, have quick success and a lot of momentum and create a lot of buzz, which is always a good thing because that lets yeah. you know you provided a solution to a common problem. That's and right. for us, we have really planted our flag in the ground to to support the the underserved, for lack of a better term. There's an yeah. 87% failure rate wow. in our real estate industry. And we have taken a stance to serve the brand new agents, the dual career agents, the people struggling to make it, knowing there's tons of coaching and training companies out there for the quote unquote already successful agents. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think we all kind of understand that, you know, 87% failure rate, but when you say it like that, you're like, whoa, you know, and if you make a difference in, in 10% of those people, I mean, you're talking about changing careers, changing lives at a really large clip. Yeah, These no, you're exactly right. At- it's right there in our, in our mission statement as well. We're just like you and gathering the king. We're a transformation company. Yeah. And how do we transform people in their lives and careers? It's through one person, one conversation at a time. It's, it's all about creating that ripple effect, you know, and yeah. I'm not hallucinating that we're going to save every person and 
swoop in and rescue this entire industry. And yet, as you just said, every bit matters. If I can just move that needle in the opposite direction and be a part of the solution to give people a fighting chance, then I've left it better than I found it. Yeah. I, I mean, I obviously I have a, I have a soft spot in my own heart for real estate. I don't sell real estate like, like how you guys teach, but real estate itself, like a lot of times someone becomes an agent out of, I need to make money, right? Or I need to make money on the side. And, and that's just the beginning of their journey because then they can learn about what it means to either buy and sell or they're then themselves buy or hold assets what real estate really is. And it's not just the transaction of it. Yes, there's a lot of money to be made there. That's for sure. Sales, communication, high level. Like that's where I come from as well. Just I wasn't selling real estate. But there's another level to, to wealth building, which is obviously accumulating assets, specifically ones like cash flow. And gosh, I could, like, if I could go back and start with selling real estate <laughs> as opposed to selling advertising or all the other insurance, the other things I was selling, I think I probably would have done that. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And it starts there. It's, it's, it's generally a mindset, you know, it's, it's not unique to just real estate with that, with that statistic. It's yeah. small businesses in general after five years, you know, but a lot of what we do is not just teach agents or broker owners how to sling real estate. You know, it's not about right. the transactional component. It's, it's really training them and coaching them up of how to be a business owner who just happens to sell real estate. Very yeah. different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually working through a program right now and, you know, everybody needs a coach, right? Even even a coach needs a coach. <laughs> we we were talking about that I don't know, like a month ago when we were doing our little intro call, but the I think the point here that that we're that we're making is that <clears throat> you have to be able to think whether you're selling real estate or selling insurance, whatever you're selling. You have to think like a business owner or in the program that I'm going through right now, it's more think like a marketer, right? The next level up is like, okay, yeah, you got to understand you're running a business for sure. You can't be the technician or the sales guy in, in your case with real estate. Like you can't just be a, a real estate salesperson. You have to understand that you're running a business. Okay, fine. There's some tactics there. There's some understanding of structure, process, SOP, team building, maybe even a lot of, lot of, lot of systems. Okay. But in order for that to grow, you got to be a marketer. You got to understand marketing, filling the pipeline. Would you agree with that? I would completely agree with that. And although we've had good success for now seven years, I'm just now realizing or at least admitting something that I've tried to be stubborn and deny this whole time, which is the marketing component. Right. I never wanted to be the face or the brand. And I, and that still remains true. And yet I'm realizing some of that is necessary and required to step out from behind the, the locker sure. room brand and people right. have to know who the heck Jake is as well. And there's a whole marketing world and component to that as you full well know. So, yeah, well, I, I hope that here in this conversation, we'll get into who Jake is a little bit, but you're hundred percent right for the listener here before we just move on from this point, because you're, you're making such a great point that there's a brand, a personal brand, and then a company brand. Okay. So how do these two things work? How do they work together? Yes. Gathering the Kings is existing as a brand, but Chaz Wolf is a brand. My beard is a brand. <laughs> right. But in all seriousness, it is to a degree. Like, I'm not saying like my beard actually is a brand. It's a part of my brand, right? Exactly. And so, okay, well, how do we, how are we leveraging these things? And, and I, I, I was kind of picking up some pieces there from you that I felt like I may be related to. Maybe the listener does as well. I never wanted to be the marketer or the push. Like, even when I was in sales, I never wanted to be a pushy salesperson. I wanted to be an, like, I wanted to help people make educated decisions that were beneficial for them. Like, that's real sales and servitude. Okay. How do we do that in marketing? Well, you just don't lie, bro. Like, come on. 
don't 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 put some huge ginormous fake claim out there and then and then underneath it's different like for gathering the kings even i've had so many members these are these are seven to nine figure business owners these are big business owners they've done masterminds before who have told me bro how you know how many times i've heard of this grandiose group and then you get in and you're like oh wow you sold me the dream wow no implementation no, no real networking no real connections it's just a big thing and it's like okay i i for sure don't want that and i know you don't either so how are you doing and or how are you teaching your other agents in your in your specific section to to not be like that you know that's such a big topic and something i'm incredibly passionate about Good. one of my biggest pet peeves i cannot stand is the whole fake it till you make it concept right to me a professional which is what i hold us in regards to a professional yeah. knows what they know they know what they don't know, and they know yeah. the difference between the two. Ooh, so there's good. nothing wrong if somebody comes to you when you're supposed to be the expert, you're supposed to be this guru, and yep. you say, you know what, Jazz? That's a great question. I don't know. But I tell you what, I'm going to go find out. I've got a network of people I can go to and ask who, who might know the answer to that, and I'll get back to you by 5 o'clock today. That's what a professional would do. And so the whole fake it till you make it, I, I'm all about being real, being authentic, being transparent. If you, you like what you see, great. If not, that's okay too. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, you know? So it's just operating and really owning who you are in your strength zone and letting that shine. And I know that might sound cliche or cheesy to some, but I'm walking proof as are you that it works. Like I don't need to be Mr. Popular or everybody's yeah. best friend. Actually, yeah. as they say about business, the riches are found in the niches. So yeah, I yeah. There's a, there's a genuine, like really authentic approach that we're talking about. And it doesn't mean that you don't market or that you don't do paid ads or you don't have a big claim because when you understand the value that you do bring, <clears throat> whether it's in a mastermind group or a real estate coaching program or an event or a car, like whatever it is that we're selling or promoting, it's okay to be loud yes. about what's real, right? Like I'm not saying to not be loud. In fact, I need to be probably louder, right? But there's this humility or this like just genuine, like do the right thing approach to marketing that I feel like that we're both kind of aligning on right here. And, and in that it's okay. I guess for me, I've, I've okayed myself to be smaller. Like I'm not trying to like, okay, I'm, I'm small. I'm okay with smaller dreams or goals. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that as we've been building gathering the Kings, I've been okay with having X amount of members because it's been done the right way, as opposed to having X, 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 number of members because we threw out some random big marketing faux thing and it drew in a bunch of people and then 95 percent of those people left like i'm just not interested in that yeah no exactly right i posted this quote i'm going to read it if that's okay real quick yeah. today on my facebook page carmine gallo talk like ted is where this is sourced from this is his okay. quote he says science shows that passion is contagious literally you cannot inspire others unless you are inspired yourself you stand a much greater chance of persuading and inspiring your listeners if you express an enthusiastic, passionate, and meaningful connection to your topic. And sales, whatever, you know, it's nothing more than the transfer of enthusiasm. That's and right. so that's, I think, ultimately what we're getting at here is I can put together the best value stack and best click funnel pitch in the world. But if I don't genuinely feel that and you can't as a consumer, feel that heart 
that this is a passion project and a business of mine at the same time. That's right. That's then right. people can smell your commission breath coming from a mile away. And, and that's most people are skeptical right up front. So how are we creating trust and rapport and letting them know I authentically care about you and what it is I'm quote unquote selling over here that can help you? Yeah, it's good, man. So good. G great quote. Thanks for sharing it. I want to transition from that into a little bit about you, not your story. Before we get started with your story, I want to know that passion or that enthusiasm. Where does it come from? That burning desire that's like deep down inside of Jake. What is that? So I have a story. If it's okay, I'll, I'll be brief. I love, yeah. So honestly, this dates back to when I was a sophomore in high school. I know, like, dude, get over your high school glory days. For me, this was real. So check this okay. out. And everybody can relate and find their own story, I'm sure, similar to mine here. Yeah. So I'm a baseball guy. I'm a sports guy, hence the locker room. Okay. Yeah. So my sophomore year of high school, it was a playoff baseball game here in the Midwest and a, a thunderstorm blew through. So the umpires postponed the game till tomorrow. So at that time, our coach was yelling at us players to pick up the equipment, hurry up, get it inside. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And we were probably just lollygagging around, goofing off. And so he was getting pissed. And so after we got all the equipment up, we run into the gymnasium. He sits us all down and he's just ranting and raving. And at one point he puts his finger right in my face in front of all my teammates. And he says, none of you will ever see the inside of a college or professional stadium unless you buy a ticket verbatim. Those were his words etched in my mind forever. And so I had a decision to make. Yeah. And as the story finally concludes, I went on to play and I saw some really cool stadiums. Thank you so much. And yet it didn't stop there. It wasn't until several years ago, I was listening to an audiobook called The Storyteller's Secret. And I was like, oh my God, it, that, that's it. The real gift in that day is my coach, I guess you would call him, <laughs> lit this internal flame inside of my freaking body that I cannot and will not shut off. I will never be that person to someone else. Yeah. Now there's a fine line between goals and being realistic about things. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Who is that guy to try and crap on my dreams and tell me I can't do something just maybe because he lost his own dream or something himself once upon a time. So don't let somebody else talk you out of your dreams just yeah. because they gave up on their own. Yeah, it's so big. Mm. It's it's such a big mountain, really. It's a, it's you know, I was just on a, on a podcast a couple of days ago and just an incredible guest. And he said, execute the cliche. Mm. And it was like, mm. You want to, I mean, you want to unpack that one for a second? Like everything you're talking about is this cliche, get off me, bro. I'm going to go do it anyway. Right. And, and as entrepreneurs, we all know what this feels like, like that, that, that like, uh, -uh get, uh, -uh, get off me, bro. Like, uh -uh. and, and then, so we have this chip on our shoulder and we're going to go prove them wrong. And you've been proving this dude wrong ever since. And I love it. I can tell you a couple stories of mine like that as well. But what we do with that at each level, I think is important. So my follow-up question to you is, okay, so that was then, and you use that as fuel, right? Like that's everything you just said is that you used it as fuel. It wasn't cliche. It wasn't like he just, you know, no, 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 no. And then like, oh, it's just this memory. It's like, no, no, no. You use it as real fuel. I could feel it when you were talking about it. Yes. Okay. So that was to get into some stadiums and play at a higher level. Yep. And I know you've been still using that into your career, but like, how has that morphed? How has that changed over time from just being like, like, I'm going to get that dude to like maybe a more kingly or a more mature perspective on that chip? What does it look like now? That is a beautiful question. 
And so what that has, you're exactly right. What that was as a 18 year old kid, just trying to prove somebody wrong and ha ha, yep. nan, nan, boo, boo. I did it anyways. That's where the story always ended right now. How it's packaged up together is to show people, look, I'm nothing special. Like I've been just taking little bits along the way of people that maybe were the haters. They were the keyboard warriors. And yep. what that day really triggered was an, a new awareness that says, Hey, who I surround myself with really, really matters. I need people to help support and build me up. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of dogs barking along the way, but I'm going to take that noise, rise above it. And so now how I funnel or fuel that to other people that I'm in relationship with is saying, look, I can do it. Where in your life have you done it? Because everybody listening to or watching this right now, I guarantee has been through something probably 10x worse than what I just shared. I've never met a successful person who hasn't been through some, some stuff. That's right. And so, so it's just realizing that not everybody's going to be for you and that's okay. I don't have to be combative. I don't have to be ugly about it, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that deposit, put another chip on my shoulder and use it for the greater good versus this. I'm going to prove you wrong and leave it there type attitude. Yeah. I love that. What does it take for you as an individual? And really, my question is, how does the listener do this? But each moment that you've taken that adds a chip, right? You know, the, the coach in, in high school, the, the keyboard warrior, the family member that said what you're like, oh, that little business or like just stack them up, right? Yep. What do you have to do as an individual or in your mindset, as you kind of alluded to, to be able to overcome that? and be able to use it for the greater good? Good question. So, so I have a four-part process for this. So anybody who want to write this down, write this down. Step one is examining your current reality and belief system. What does that mean? It means things like, well, what does success mean to you? A lot of times as, as leaders and coaches, we focus on that very question. Very, very few people can actually define what success means to them. And yet they're chasing it somewhere, comparing themselves to somebody else. My fear yeah. is, when you say, oh, that person is so successful, what you're really saying is that person makes a lot of money. So are you equating success to money? Right. And what's that old saying, right? Some people have so much, some people are so poor, all they have is money yeah. because they don't have relationships. Their marriage failed or, 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 right. or, or. So sorry, that's step one. Step two is where you have the collection. So I want pages of this stuff, man. You go through your life and look back and say, what are those defining moments? Yeah. Highs, the lows, whatever. This is what I call watching your game film. Uh, I love Think it. about the Super Bowl, right? What were those teams doing two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl? They were in the war room watching and studying game film, not just on themselves, but on the competition. Yeah, that's right. How many times in our life do we pause and just look back and study the game film and right. ask ourselves what went right? What went wrong? How can I do it better next time? Yeah. David Goggins calls it reaching into the cookie jar. There you go. No. There you go. Hadn't heard that. So <laughs> let's number two, just creating a list of all these moments like my sophomore year. That's right. Step three then is, is really the essence to your question. What do I do with this? Yeah. One of the most profound questions I've learned to always ask myself in the moment when I'm going through something that maybe is otherwise a challenge or adversity is yeah. pause, Jake, pause. How is this, whatever this is going to serve me in the future? Right. There's a gift. There's a lesson. There's something inside of this that I am meant to take out of it because I am not a victim to the right. situation. Yep. There's some, some way this is going to serve me even when I can't see it 
for what it is right now. That's right. So that's step three. And there's, so it's a line of questioning and at step three, you're going to take each one of these defining moments and say, because of blank, mm-hmm. I am blank because of it. Yeah. I want you to make a declaration because this of step, blank. This is step four? This is step three, the okay, continuation okay. So, okay. of step okay. three. Okay. Okay. Because okay. of blank, I am blank yeah. now. Yeah. And then step four is just about what do I do with this? How do I u- utilize this new clarity to be a better leader in my family, be a l- better leader in my community, yeah. to inspire somebody else? Not does somebody need to hear my story? Yeah. Who, Who needs to yeah. hear my story? Chaz, you and I are here probably and doing a lot of things that we're doing because somebody once upon a time shared their story. And you're like, dude, I see myself inside of that. You just gave me hope and inspiration. So who are you and I, who are we not to share our own, knowing it might liberate somebody else along the way too? Yeah. Yeah. Hope is liberation. And for the person listening right now, number one, we hope that just even listening to Jake, like this is the point of gathering the Kings podcast is to, is to transfer courage or, you know, give you hope that if Jake can do it, you can do it. And, but it doesn't stop there. Jake is telling you that like, it now has to be transferred on. And so I love the four-step process. We're going to have it in the show notes as well. But man, just one, two, three, four. And what that produces is not only taking the bad and turning it into good, but it, it gives you like a, an actual formula to then walk it out. I think they're gifts, like you're saying, like the failures, the, the chips on the shoulder, the people that told me I couldn't do it. I can get wrapped up in the negativity of that, or I can use it as fuel to actually become who I'm designed to be which is everything that, that Jake just gave to you. So love that. Was not anticipating a four-step process, but <laughs> wow. I want to know, let's go into your story a little bit. How did the locker room start? What'd you do before? Give us a little bit of the beginnings of it. Yeah, so I did play college and professional baseball, hence the sports analogies and things. But my very first real job after playing pro ball was working for a staffing agency. And, and hey, no, I'm not hating on that. It might be some people in Gathering the Kings who are who are staff, staffing agency owners, but uh, it wasn't for me. So after seven months, I'm like, this is crazy. I'm helping other people find jobs. And so hope it's okay. I used part of my working day to look for a new job for myself. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm, scrolling, yourself. I, I'm scrolling through and this is how I got into real estate. This is why this matters. I found Lennar Homes, which is a large national home builder, Lennar Homes. And I was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. And so they had like a speed hiring event. I swear to God. So that night I went to the Ramada Inn. Wow. <laughs> and there was a line of people out the door uh-huh. and you had five minutes to interview with all of the like higher up people. Mm-hmm. And I was one of four people they hired from the speed hiring event. Wow. And so that was really getting how I got started in real estate. And being that I was in Florida at the time and I'm from the Midwest, just like you, after a few years of doing that very successfully, I'm like, what am I doing here? I don't have family. I don't have a girlfriend. I like, I have a good job. That's about it. So I use that as an opportunity to move back home to the Midwest and give my first crack at entrepreneurship, which is I started an indoor baseball training facility called the player's edge. And so I did that for a number of years, dabbled in some network marketing stuff, and then got the itch again to get my real estate license and Kind of that was the journey from there on and became a CEO team leader of a, of a very large real estate office for Keller Williams at the time. And uh, that's where I found my true calling. It wasn't yeah. just recruiting people and growing and managing the office. Man, it lit me up when I could sit across the table from an agent 
and just help them uncover their why, establish their mm. goals, hold them accountable. And that's that was really where I started to tie Jake with all the sports and coaching and all of that, coupled with what your coach said to you back in, in your sophomore year. Right. Why aren't you a real estate coach and yeah. breathing life into other people? And that's why I kind of had that tap on the shoulder, if you will. Yeah, you're already doing it. It just wasn't in the most fulfilled way or the or the yeah. biggest way that it could be. You're reaching thousands and thousands of people now where maybe there's only a couple hundred in that office. So exactly. I think even that is just an incredible like showing of what it means to be a king is like, we can look back and go, okay, well, I've, I've been pretty successful along the way. I've, of course, we've all had failures, but in that moment there, I was really successful. But in comparison to where I am now, it's like, well, I, I mean, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have stopped there. Thank goodness I didn't stop there. And so that's encouragement for the listener right now. They might feel like they're feeling pretty good. You know, well, like, hey, I'm making, I'm making good money. I'm, I'm, I'm at where I'm at. But what, what Jake just said is that there's more. Would you agree? There's more. And, and if I may, and I, I don't want to get too down the story trail here, but what, what I want your listeners to know is I was a complete fraud, Chaz. So when I was a team leader for these three years at this organization, what I mean by that is everything on social media was the highlight reel, just like for most people. And yet I was broken behind the scenes, literally broke. People didn't know, but, oh, I had a fancy job. He must be making bank. No, I was broke. I put my family through a lot of crap. My wife, who I'm still married to, thank God, said to me at the time, I don't have a husband. I have a roommate. Yeah. Listen up, gentlemen. I don't have a husband. I have a roommate. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm $35,000 in back tax debt. I'm 30 grand in the hole on credit card debt. Life was like, not great. Oh, but to the world, I've got a fancy title and look at me, look at me. And so I share that because yes, I can do something on paper that makes sense. And yes, sometimes when you take a risk and I got denied four times, another chip thing to be a real estate coach, because I've sold one home in my entire career in general real estate. Wow. doesn't make sense that I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Right, right. And so nobody would give me a chance finally until one of my friends did. And I became yeah. a real estate coach through her opportunity that she afforded me. And within yeah. six months, we had the number one coaching program in the world for Keller Williams, all built on passion yeah. and persistence and belief pouring into other people. Yeah. And it, I made more that very first year. to be exact, which is three times more than I ever had made in any given year with a quote unquote comfortable job. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about giving hope, um, dripping some lines in the, in the water for some inspiration, you know? Yes. Well, I think we can, I think, yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I, and I was going to say that I think that every listener, especially the, for the guys listening right now that have big businesses. And that listen to this show, not because necessarily they need tactics, but because they're looking for that little drip, you know, that just that little transfer of courage, even at a level of I'm running a $10 million business or a, I mean, I got guys that email me that are running a couple hundred, a couple hundred million dollar businesses. And they're like, dude, love what you're doing. It's like moments like that, that what you just shared were big, big, successful entrepreneurs, male or female. They hear that and they go, you know what? Yep. That guy's like me. Yep. That guy's like me. So we can all remember those moments. Hey, kings and queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. 
And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. All right, let's get into some nitty gritty. I want to know of a good decision that you made, Jake, that changed everything or that you can look back on and it was like a lot of things came from this one decision. Okay. I think I'll take it back to what I was just hitting on. And that is this defining moment, if you will. It was that, it was that moment, that whisper in the ear, the, the metaphorical tap on the shoulder. And I'll never forget it. I was driving outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, crossing a bridge over Jordan Lake, Lake outside of the triangle area. And it's important because if you don't know me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a rustic guy, I like the lake life and cabins and all that kind of thing. Right. So I'm looking to my right. I'm looking to my left as I'm driving over this bridge and I see all these families. I love the lake life. I'm like, what do they have that I don't have? I'm a smart guy. I work hard, but I see all these other families on boats and doing things, creating memories and experiences with their families. Yeah. And it was in that literal moment that I had decided that I'm going to become a real estate coach. I am not doing something. There's more in there. And I think this is it. I'm going to take a chance on me and leave yeah. the comfortable, fake it kind of fraud life. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, turns out to be one of the best decisions, despite getting turned away from some very, very, I won't drop names because whatever, but very big coaching entities in the real estate space. Yeah. And I don't blame them. I mean, who, who am I? What experience do I bring? You know, right. nobody right. gave, me, gave me a chance. And I think looking back, that was undoubtedly one of the best decisions. And it was a decision that. I have been able to now take that opportunity and help a whole lot of people along the way and not to get all preachy about the decision thing, but decide some of you listening to this right now just need to make a decision. It is that easy because when I look at the root word decide, what does side mean? C-I-D-E. You and I both know it means to kill off. Mm. Literally means to kill off. Pesticide, insecticide. So when I decided that day, mm. I cut off everything else. I was going to do this. Didn't know how, didn't know who was going to give me the chance, but I decided, which means everything else was, was cut off. And this was the way and path forward. Yeah. Wow. I'm over here making decisions. In my mind. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just, I mean, woo. I, I, I love everything you just said. Um, I could hit the end button and probably go run through a wall right now. <laughs> this is how I operate, man. Like you just spoke absolute truth. And, and wow, I kind of want to hit the pause button and go back and listen to it myself right now. <laughs> Producer, please send this to me in a clip. Yeah, <laughs> she will. Okay. So let's flip the coin. That was so good. I, I don't even have time to go into that. I, cause I'll just take it a whole show. I can't, I have to, I have to, I have to decide to cut that off. Well done. I see what you did there. Uh, you see what I did there? Okay. Okay. I got to know the other side of the coin. What's the bad decision that, that has happened that we can all learn from and stay away from? Bad decision number, well, there's plenty of them, first of all. So where do I even begin? No, 
bad decision that I'm going to use for right now is more tactical. Okay. Yeah, in okay. the, the process of growing a business. And this is for me. Okay. It was about three or four years ago that we were really looking at scaling the locker room and doing what we do now. Up until that point, we had a tracking system where agents would report their numbers and we could manipulate and look at all this data. I like to interpret data. Give yeah. me data and I'll, I'll find the story that lives inside of it. Okay. That's right. That's right. And so what we did to scale, this was built in a very elaborate, like Google sheet tracking system that wasn't going to work unless I continued to add manpower. So we went to software developers and said, Hey, can you turn this? into this badass mama jama like software that's web-based yeah and so three different developers and several hundreds of thousands of dollars later i still to this day don't have a product to show for it mm. it never worked i didn't know what i didn't know i got in a game of technology that forced me to squirrel out and take my eye off the prize because the cold hard truth was that was my style of coaching. What I learned was even when it was kind of working, nobody else cared. Just because my style of coaching was taking this data and using it to further an agent's business, most other people didn't really give two rips about it. And so the point or lesson is stay true to your model, stay true to your business. If you're not a software SaaS company, or you have no place for tech because you're so relationship-based and so service-oriented, don't go there. Don't fall into the trap thinking you have to make investments in things just because your competitor or something over here is doing it. Or that it looks cool. I'm sure looking back, yeah, there was questions and different things, and my DNA is all over that. But now, I'm not a tech company. I don't right. have an app or a tracking system. And you know what? We've grown anyways. Nobody cares. Instead, I reinvest my time and money right. into creating courses and trainings and going around and speaking and doing these things, which actually is what my audience cares about. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I know it's, it's good. There's actually a lot of lessons in what you just shared. <laughs> I know, I know. But wow. Uh, not. Yeah, no, in all seriousness, I think that you could probably dissect that in at least four or five different ways of of. Like, okay, this, 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 but okay, stay in my lane. Don't, don't do things because it looks shiny or cool or because the competition's doing them. Really, I guess actually probably the main thing that I heard underneath all that, which you just said at the end is pay attention to what your clients actually need and want. I mean, that, that you can do this through a simple survey. Um, you know, we've done this even just recently with some of our events. It's like, Hey, what part did you like? And, and actually it was so funny. I'm getting some feedback on a, on a couple of things that went really well in their eyes that I thought went terrible. And I'm like, oh, okay. So more of that, I guess. I, I, I would not have signed up for that piece of it again, but that's what brought value. Okay, great. So let's bring more value. And that what we're in business to do? It's 100% what we're in business to do. And, and looping that back to what I said earlier, in that moment, I was blaming mad. But I paused and I asked myself the question I shared earlier. Okay, Jake. How is this going to serve me in the future? Yeah. What can I take away from this to better serve me moving forward? That's right. And you know what it has done? And I just did it last week. I now, Captain Obvious here, I conduct focus groups. So what I did last week as in this pivotal kind of moment, we're looking at maybe making some strategic chess moves with the locker room here. But before I did, before I took it and ran and said, well, this to me sounds like a good idea. 
I conducted three focus groups, one with current partners, one with people, broker owners who have never been with the locker room ever. And one, believe it or not, with people who were with the locker room, but they ended up canceling. And I just rolled through a series of questions, good, bad, or indifferent saying, give me your, give me your feedback. What do you want? Yeah. And it was so enlightening. And that's been made a practice ever since that day to just go to the people that you're serving, ask them. Yep. (laughs) Captain obvious. Like you said, it, it, it's actually pretty difficult to like, not only remember, but to then implement, because I think we get so wrapped up in a lot of times what we want, but we're trying, we're, I, I don't think that you had any ill intent. I don't have any ill will towards my members. Like I want to provide an amazing experience, but it's based on what I think is an amazing experience, <laughs> which some of that is like, okay, fine. I'm part of my avatar. So there's some value there, but again, why not? Why not just ask? Just go to the people and ask what they want. And, and you're right. It's all within the right context. It's never so absolute where just because they may not see it or say anything about it doesn't mean I still won't move forward if it's what I believe is right for the future and the vision. Yeah. But yeah. that real-time crunchy practical stuff and, and frankly, something that I took away, kudos to you with what you're doing with Gathering the Kings, is they, wanted, they want more community. They want less of me or our coaches talking them and all these training materials and they want more community. Yeah. They want to form a group of dads. They want to form a group of bosses with bambinos. They want to form a group of wealth building. So putting together broker owners and or agents for that matter in these little micro tribes or subgroups and pod kind of concepts, that's what they want. They want the community. Go figure. And you figured that out here. Obviously, (laughs) what you're doing. I'm a little late to the party. That's all. It's all good. There's plenty of space at the table. We only require that you take your crown off. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I got I got some speed round questions. There you go. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, I got some speed round questions here for you. The first one is inside of your business. In this case, we're talking about a platform. We're talking about coaching. We're talking about maybe community building. A lot of different things going on inside this business for you. What's the number one KPI that you would choose to track if you could only pick one? Oh boy. Okay. And we do track those. I would say, I would say meaningful conversations. Is is that too fuzzy? No, I mean, you're talking about pipeline building. I'm talking about pipeline building, meaningful conversations. The reason I say this is because we're, we're not a product, we're a service. So I need people to experience us. I built something I call the consumption model, which is based, which, which was inspired by the food pyramid, believe it or not. (laughs) This is how my crazy brain works. I saw a food pyramid. I'm like, oh my God, how does that apply to us? And we build a consumption model out of it. There you go. So I can put things out there and we do, and we do track the KPIs of click rates and emails and different things like that. But the one that matters the most to me is a one-to-one meaningful conversation. Cause whether it's me or one of our amazing coaches, that's the connection point. That's now you're experiencing us. And, and I often find that's actually what leads to partnerships. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. And there's actually something to be said about exactly what you just said, even if it is a product. So let me give you an example. We've got, you know, obviously some home service guys or really just even, even tech, but like <clears throat> guys selling a deck, right? I can make my quoting process an experience. Absolutely. I don't have to go build them a whole deck yet. They can experience me my brand, my team, the just premiumness of us and our brand way before I actually show up to install a premium deck or whatever the product is. 
you know that oh man you're so spot on somebody just shared with me now this was relative to network marketing mlm but who, who cares it's across the board in my opinion they said they just conducted a survey a research that 70 percent of people said the buying experience was just important as the product or service itself yeah and that buying experience starts from the very first time they they googled you right yeah. And so I love the point you're making you know, a book of mine. Yes, it is sports, but it's business is fans first. If anybody out there has, has mm. knows who the Savannah bananas baseball team is. Yep. Fans first is written by Jesse Cole, the owner of the Savannah bananas, that book. Yeah. You want to talk about how do I create a, a world-class experience for my audience? That's right. Check that book out. Yeah. Love it. Well, my next speed round question is a resource book podcast that you were going to recommend. Do you want to go with that one or you want to give us another one? I'll give you a different one, man. I know this is supposed to be speed round, so I'll, I'll be brief. My favorite book of all time is The Traveler's Gift. Interesting. So I don't know if it that? hit me at a time when I just needed to hear it and you might listen to it and say, it's yeah. all right. But The Traveler's Gift for me is, is always my go-to number one book recommendation. What'd, what'd you take away from it? What didn't I take away from it, man? It just spoke to my soul. It was in that moment that I shared earlier of being a fraud and all of that. And it just yeah. hit me like a ton of bricks. And so right. what I love the most of it is the seven decisions. There's that word again for success. It was written so beautifully. It's, it's just this captivating story. But at the end of each of the seven decisions, he, he writes essentially this big affirmation. Mm. And so ever since then, I don't have to go back and read or listen to the book. I can have them printed out. Yeah, the decisions. Yeah, I can just read the seven decisions yeah. in affirmation form, and so wow. You just I don't want to spoil it if you haven't read yeah. it or somebody hasn't. So just you know, sounds sounds extremely powerful. Okay, well we'll we'll drop the drop the link and everything for all that in the show notes as well. Yeah. I got a question for you about family. Okay, Jake, I I believe in work life obsession. I'm going to write a book on it, and I I believe that obsession is the key. It's burning desire. That's what Thinking Rich talks about. Definiteness of purpose. And you and I have displayed that in our businesses. That's why we're successful. But it's the same level of burning desire or obsession that we need for our families, our marriages. You mentioned it earlier saying, well, I want to have you know, memories on the lake with my family too. What have you done to be able to obsess over your family, your wife, your kids at the same time as your business? So there's a lot of emotion packed into that question, man, is... Yeah. They're why we do what we do. I mean, I, I can't help it. And I share this. It might sound weird to some people, but I literally come to work every day. And when I'm at work, I'm freaking working. Otherwise, I might as well cash it in and go home and be with those, my loved ones, my wife, my kids. What am I doing? And so I pretend that there's a little camera up here in the corner of my office. I swear to God. And if that camera was live streaming to them at home, is daddy yeah. doing what I would be proud of them doing? Am I demonstrating, am I role modeling the behavior that I want them growing, yeah. demonstrate? So I bring my kids to our locker room event. I want them seeing and being involved in this yeah. business, knowing it's all for them. Yeah. And so I obsessed over them as the reason, the fuel to why I even do what I do in the first place. I leave at five o'clock every day. I don't take calls at night. I don't work on weekends. I'm very disciplined and clear on that because work will always be there. Your family and the time and how quickly they grow. If you have kids, it's, it's crazy, you know, and I want to be here for that. I'm going to my kids' soccer games. 
I'm not taking calls and to each their own. If you do, that's, that's your jam. But for me, I obsess over them creating a world of experiences that I don't have to say no, unless it's just to prevent them from being spoiled little brats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a level to that. That's a whole strategic play, but the energy that you're bringing is, is abundance of, of attention abundance, your obsession with, with them when you're with them and you're obsessing with work when you're at work. There's no balance to that. It's just, it's pointed. It's intentional. I'm all here. In, I'm here. I'm there. I'm there. When exactly. I'm at work, I'm all in at work. When I'm at home, I'm all in at home with them. And that's a learned discipline that obviously that didn't always happen when my wife is saying, I don't have a husband. I have a roommate. Yeah, exactly. So I stopped taking this computer home, believe it or not. And it made all the difference in the world. Sure, I've still got my cell phone. Yep. But years ago, I said, okay, what, what is the pattern I can disrupt? Yep. And I stopped taking my laptop home because that was the thing I had on my lap laying in bed until three in the morning just working. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Oh, you, you're still here? Oh, hello. So I stopped that and it changed everything else after. Love it, man. appreciate the vulnerability. That's a big deal. You know, even for someone like you that has figured a few things out, the humility of what you're talking about is that you're still working on it. That's what you just said. And, and I haven't met an entrepreneur yet, even for someone like yourself who has gone through kind of like the tough time and figured some things out and kind of on a, on a better trajectory, we still got to work on it. It's <laughs> so hard, dude. It's hard. Every time it? I get to get on this show, I get to ask this incredible question, which I'm just really asking myself because yeah. I'm working on it too. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's hard. It's one of the hardest things in the world. And yet it is so worth it. It's so exactly. Exactly. And that's why it, that's why it's, it, it's something that we need to talk about and, and keep going for. And, and I don't, and I don't want to ever even just like, I'm never going to arrive in business. Like I have this grateful, but not done spirit about business. Like I'm never going to arrive. I'm not going to retire. No, I'm a builder. Let's go. Okay. So how does that different over here with my family? Like, no, no, I need to keep building. I need to keep strengthening. I need to keep pressing into and, and building intentional moments and memories and, 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 and everything inside my kids, my marriage, my everything. Like, there's so much work to do. How could I be bored or, or not engaged in that? There's just, wow, when you really look at that opportunity, that's king mindset. That's kingship. It's like, wow, these are the people that are closest around me, my team, my, the podcast guests, my, my wife, like all of this. It's like, wow, this is real impact. You know, it reminds me of Tony Robbins or, you know, people that talk about pain versus pleasure. Most of us are actually more motivated by get, getting away from pain than it is going towards pleasure. And so, for example, anybody listening to this, if you're fortunate to have kids or whatever, I look at the calendar right now. I've got a nine-year-old and a almost eight-year-old. And what do I have? Like not eight or nine summers left? That's all I got. I only got eight or nine summers left. At the time of us recording this, it's, it's almost summer, summer break. Yep. That's scarcity. Like, that's not scarcity. That's like, holy crap, I got to make the most of what I have. Yeah. I have eight or nine summers left with my kids. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Dude, work will be there long after they're going to be out of my house. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, there's a there's an app. I had a good good friend of mine tell me about. It's called Q C U E, mm. and you type in your children's date of birth, and it <laughs> it's quite sobering. It tells you the number of days you have left un until they turn eighteen. And so you open up the app, you flip over to the the kid that you've got. You've got three hundred days left with this one, or three thousand days left, or whatever the whatever the number is. And it's like, you you look at that, like the nine summers and you're like, oh, okay. I should probably leave the laptop at work today. Yeah. 
Good stuff, man. I got one last question here for you. If you had the opportunity to go back in time and whisper in the younger Jake's ear, what would you say? Mm, that's a great question. I would say do it anyways. It's worth it. And I would bust out my college baseball coach's thing that he said every time when we broke to take the field. He said to us, have fun, stick together, and play like champions. So, Jake, have fun. That's number one. Stick together, whether it's my family, my team, whatever. Get out there and play like a freaking champion. People need you. People need what you have and what you bring to the table. And so despite all the naysayers and whatever comes along the way, man, continue to play like a champion, which forces you to rise above the noise. Yeah, that's right. Be who you're meant to be. Jake, King Jake, my, my brother, I appreciate you being here. You have given such incredible, just vulnerability, even inspiration. I mean, the whole, I can just keep going, but how can they find you? How can the listener, number one, if they're in real estate and they need coaching or they want to go to the next level in their real estate business, or they're a broker. And they want to bring you in to talk and, and teach their agents. Or if they're just an entrepreneur listening and they want to get to know Jake better, how can they find you? Yeah. So thank you for the opportunity. No, our website is tlrnation.com, tlrnation.com. And we're real people. So if you email in or fill out a form, it, it comes to us. And otherwise, on a personal note, look me up on Facebook. Like, I, yes, I have profiles on other platforms, but I'm most active on Facebook. So just look up Jake Dixon. You can find the Locker Room Real Estate Coaching and Training Company and follow our business page on there. But reach out. I'm very accessible and I'm not so whatever big time. No offense to anybody out there that it's it's not me responding. I don't, I'm not that yeah. cool. So yeah. <laughs> it is me responding. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it, I think that even just speaks to a little bit of the, you know, what, where social media has gone and you, and you wonder, you're, uh, is this a VA or I don't know. So I appreciate that, that just genuineness really is what it is. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. I hope that my listeners appreciated it, but we wish you nothing but blessing in 2023 on your family, on your businesses, as you continue to grow. And maybe we'll see you at the King's table again. Thank you, Chaz. Appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.